7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Masia. Not really. Um, 6 to 7 on a Friday with myself. Very good evening, everybody. Welcome to Sport On with me, Tabiso Mosia and Liolom Kalipi producing as always. It is a Friday, so that's why we have an early start. And also, on a Friday, we do our Flashback Fridays feature where we either catch up with the stars of yesteryear as far as sport is concerned or we look at the defining moments in the world of sport as we continue to educate the young ones about the history of South African sport and also, not just South African sport, but also um, international uh, sport and sporting events. And I'm very excited and honoured to say that tonight we will be joined by none other than Zola Bad. Zola Bad Peterson now, as she is known, the former middle distance and long distance runner. She will be our guest today. And uh, we're also going to talk to Netball SA in a few minutes. The Brutal Fruit League starts today and we'll catch up with Netball SA. And I want to find out most importantly if the payment issue has been sorted out here because two days ago we were told that the girls must play for pride and there was no guarantee that they would get participation money or how much it would be which i think is totally unacceptable folks considering the sacrifices that these girls make to play this brutal fruit league year in and year out and it's completely disrespectful to women in sport with the challenges that the ladies already face in south african sports so let's find out has that been sorted out now um with the tournament obviously with the season starting uh, today but before all of that uh, let's take a look at our stop stories what's made headlines put together by our hardworking SABC sports team and contributors and we'll start off with the rugby where Craig Gray previews the weekend's super rugby action for us is looking uh, specifically at the South African teams and I had a chat with him earlier on and I began by asking him about uh, the first match involving a South African team the Lions up in action at 9.35 tomorrow morning they are at the Highlanders Big game for the Lions isn't it after their two losses uh, back to back on tour and they just starting to lose momentum now and of course they could lose that top spot in the South African conference in the coming weeks if they don't arrest us because they've got the Stormers to come when they return from home, they uh, return to home so yeah, big big game for the Lions uh, obviously without Malcolm Marks who was injured early in that match last week so Robbie Kutsil will start there and there's six changes in that pack, you know, Johannes Jonkers come in a tight head, Marvin Ori and Andres Ferreira make a new lock there and then Frank Mostert shifts back to the blind side, Frank Carl Brink moves over to the open side so you get the feeling that they've uh, chopping and changing his waist to brain. So, um, you know, he's also got a problem at hooker. He might have to use uh, flank minus Skuman or prop Shark van Rooyen in at hooker in place of Robbie Kutsia if something happens to him. So a tough one for the, the Lions, but they'll be buoyed by the news that the Islanders have left Aaron Smith out for this one, the great All Blacks come off having a rest. So that should at least give the Lions a, a little bit of <laughs> positive news going into that match. And what can we read into that, um, uh, uh, Craig? Is Are the All Blacks thinking ahead? Yeah, are they trying to give the youngster also a run? Yeah, it's a strange one because, yeah, the All Blacks have got their camp next week and Aaron Smith will, will be there at the camp. So you would have thought they would just push him one more week uh, and, and then, you know, have his sort of rest at the All Black camp, if you like, which won't be much sort of physical stuff. It will be more planning. So it's a strange one. Um, yeah, and you never know with Aaron Smith. It could be disciplinary for all you know. We know his history of... Of getting up to mischief, so you know, it's uh, I can't really give you an answer being out of New Zealand, other than I am quite surprised by that decision. Mm. Stormers up against the Chiefs tomorrow. Oh, they've picked up some momentum. How do you see this one going? Tough one for the Stormers, but they are. You're right; they got a bit of momentum. I thought their performance last year was their best sort of 80-minute performance. They defended brilliantly at times against the Bulls. The Chiefs, of course, have always been a difficult team for the Stormers, and they've had some cracking games at Newlands in the last. Three years, they played four times at Newlands. And, you know, Stormers won that pool match last year, 36-27, then lost the, the knockout game, 18-11. So, you know, the, there's not much in it between these teams. Uh, and, you know, without Sam Kane in that uh, pack, it does just change the dynamic a little bit for, for the Chiefs. But then again, you know, they've got Brady Retallick. Liam Messam's not a bad replacement, is he? But for the Stormers, they were able to change, uh, name an unchanged team for the first time this season. And I think that's good. They'll just have a bit of momentum. They're very good at Newlands, as we've spoken about before. They, they 100% at Newlands this year, five from five. So I'm going to stick my neck out here and say the Stormers in the tight one. Hmm. It's going to be tougher. Bulls and Sharks, are you going to stick your neck out here too? <laughs> this is a tough one to call. To be so, I, I don't know. I mean, the Sharks are on a roll. The Bulls, I thought, you know, they lost last week, but they've been pretty good um, all season. It's a tough one to pick. I think the, the Sharks have nice momentum going with them. Um, but I, I'm going to say it again. I think the Bulls are just going to have too much at home. But that's a big call because, uh, you know, from a South African conference point of view, it might be better 
if the Sharks win and keep the momentum, you know, in, in the long run in the competition. But, uh, you know, they're, they're going to have to earn it up there. And I think the Bulls will be, you know, Travis Ishmael's back, Trevor Neokani's back, mm. um, Rulof Smith's back, and that makes a big difference for them. So I, I think the Bulls might just get over the line in this one. But again, another tough, tight match. Thanks, Craig. Nice one. We'll hear again from you next weekend. Uh, there's also Formula One this weekend. The uh, circus moves to Spain. And I caught up with Natalie Leclerc to find out what happened in today's practice session and also looking ahead to the rest of the weekend and the new changes. Yeah, it's a big weekend, of course, for Formula One as it returns to Europe for the first time this season. And can you believe it? We're already into the fifth round mm. of the 2018 season. So it's just like yesterday that we actually got started. So the first three practice sessions for Friday are completed at this stage, and they were talked by Valtteri Bottas and Lewis Hamilton. Now, that may be a little bit misleading, though, because Mercedes definitely did not look very comfortable. On the flip side, though, I will say that you should probably keep an eye on Red Bull this weekend because they really looked uh, the business on the circuit of Catalonia this afternoon. And they really look like they can take a fight uh, to the sharp end of the grid. Mm, are they under a bit of pressure here, Red Bull, uh, at, at two DNFs uh, in the last three races? I think perhaps the team doesn't feel the pressure as much as the drivers would, and especially, of course, in the case of Max Verstappen. We've said uh, just now that we're really into the first race of the season, and he's had a couple of mistakes in each of those five races. So he's really under pressure to, to pull out a performance that's noteworthy. And let's not forget, of course, this is the venue of where he won his first race very spectacularly back in 2016 with Red Bull. So if you can do it anywhere, it should be here. Mm. And Sebastian Vettel, does he need a win here, still trailing uh, Lewis Hamilton? Yeah, he's of course four points adrift of Lewis Hamilton after the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. I think Ferrari are in good shape going into this weekend. They brought a number of upgrades to their car, including a new floor and some very interesting looking wing mirrors that they're actually hanging off the new halo head protection system. So have a look uh, and see what you think of those yourself as well. But they didn't look too far off Red Bull's pace. And we know normally on a Friday they tend to run the engines in a lower mode. But a concerning thing was, of course, though, Kimi Raikkonen, as he pulled up early in that second pre-practice session with a suspected engine problem. Now, the team haven't yet said what the issue is, but it didn't sound good and it doesn't look promising for the firm going ahead. Uh, with the rest of the weekend. Mm, and there's also quite some Spanish representation uh, this weekend. Fernando Alonso is at a good start uh, to 20, 2018, but I'm sure he'll want to prove something in front of his home crowd also. Most definitely. You know, he's the guy that really popularized the sport in Spain by winning those two championships back in 2005 and six. And coming off the last weekend, where, of course, he won his first race in the World Endurance mm. Championship with Toyota, he's certainly on a bit of a high. Whether McLaren can match Fernando Alonso's high, of course, uh, is is another question. They have looked a little bit better. They themselves have brought quite a notable new nose to the front of their car. So it remains to be seen how much pace they're actually going to be able to convert from their upgrades this weekend. Mm, and besides this weekend's race, uh, Natalie, there are some changes agreed on for 2019. Please tell us more about these. Yeah, very surprisingly and also very quickly, the FIA have agreed to make some aerodynamic changes in aid to aid overtaking going on from the 2019 season. Now, if we can just put it simply, the biggest changes that we're going to see is a much more simplified front wing. If you've seen the front wing of a Formula One car, uh, you can you can definitely see that it is a very complicated piece of kit. Some of them made up of more than 120 separate pieces. So that's going to be simplified for next year, 2019. And also we're going to see bigger rear wings, all in aid, of course, of overtaking. And the, the ambition and the goal is here to simplify these wings so that they don't disturb the air as much as they do, and which will ultimately, hopefully, result in the cars being able to follow each other closer and to make those spectacular overtakes that we have seen uh, in the past in Formula One racing. And finally, is Formula One going to Miami next year? And if so, what does it mean for the sport? It certainly looks like the pen has been put to paper. The Miami City Commission has voted uh, and they want to have Formula One in their region in 2019. It looks like we're going to see the Miami race take place in October next year. There's, of course, a lot of positives uh, that come along 
for a city to host a Formula One race. If you look at the Austin uh, Grand Prix, which is, of course, in Texas in the United States, they've turned a profit of roughly $2.8 billion over the last couple of years that they've hosted the race. So that in and of itself is definitely a positive. But how it's going to affect the length of the Formula One calendar, of course, mm. uh, is going to be another question. And we could perhaps see another race drop off the calendar to make way for Miami. Of course, it doesn't really come as a surprise to be so because, lest we forget, Liberty Media, who are now the commercial rights owners of Formula One, are an American company. Mm-hmm. And Formula One has always tried to find a foothold and to increase uh, their market share in the American market. So this is certainly, uh, for the manufacturers like Ferrari and Mercedes, uh, a step in the right direction. Thanks, Natalie Leclerc there, looking ahead to this weekend's uh, Formula One um, action, a nice preview. And also, it's a big weekend for the APSA Premiership. It is the final round of the season. It's been decided at the top, but there's still a lot to be sorted out as far as top eight is concerned and the last play of sport is concerned. And even top goal scorer, because Pesitao and Rodney Ramaji are tied on 11 goals each. And uh, SABC Sport caught up with Pesitao just to find out what it would mean uh, for him if he finishes as as the season's top goal scorer. If it happens, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, life goes on. If I don't, if I don't score, still happy with the progress. And if I score, still happy with the progress still. And yeah, it's just I, I put myself in positions where I have to ask such questions, and it really get gets difficult. But right now, we'll, we'll see what happens. It doesn't doesn't change this the whole season. It doesn't change what we have won the league. Well, as I said, still lots to play for at the bottom. Ajax Cape Town, Supersport United, Barroca and Pulukwane City still trying to avoid that last play of sport. Pulukwane City take on Chipa United there at home for this one. And ahead of the game, uh, the coach, Bernard Muleko, seemed, seemed very relaxed. It's not easy for us, but uh, we, I think we've got everything in control. Um, we, we we just have to, to, to make sure that we prepare well. We, we're ready on Saturday. And then we just get the result. That is what we, we wanted. Irrespective of what, if we get the result, then we are out of the relegation playoffs. Of- and finally, yesterday, Marisbeck United's young striker, Luyanda Nchangase, was uh, laid to rest at the age of 21 after being struck by lightning uh, two months ago. He was in a coma ever since then. He never recovered. And the coach at Marisbeck United, Fadlu Davis, told SABC Sports that they want to play the last two matches of the season for Luyanda. It's a difficult time for us. Um, other players, uh, of course, it's devastating. They lose two of their brothers in one season. Not too long ago, my as well. So uh, everybody deals with it in a different uh, way, each individual. And uh, we give the players the space to be able to grieve. Um, we're doing it in their honor. Ladies and gentlemen, this EFC bout is scheduled for three rounds. Watch EFC every Sunday on SABC3. The hit reality TV series The Fighter brought together undefeated warriors from around the globe. Witness the finale from EFC 66 as South Africa's Brendan Lazar takes on Francis Ibrahim Amane. EFC, this Sunday at 10 p.m. on SABC3. Brought to you by SABC Sport. Leading sports stories of the day. Well, as mentioned, we're all very excited. Uh, the Netball Brutal Food Premier League is finally underway. It got underway today. Uh, the, the matches are on TV. Also, there's also a hashtag BFNPL. And we just wanted to find out what is expected specifically this weekend and also looking ahead uh, to the rest of the season. And we are joined on the line now by Netball SACO Blanche de la Gour, uh, who will just tell us more. Blanche, good evening and thank you for your time. I know there's a game on, but thank you for finding time to speak to us. Good evening. Yes, the matches have started, so all on the go. How was the first one, Kingdom Stars and the Diamonds? Well, the Kingdom Stars um, outplayed the Diamonds, but it was a nice match. Mm. It was good. The Diamonds played better than last year. Mm. So um, Kingdom Stars look also look strong. Nice one. And what other matches can people look forward to this weekend? Which ones can you highlight for us? I think um, the, the Jaguars and the um, 
distinct, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, obviously the flames and the fireballs, mm-hmm. yes. Mm. And and this weekend is the Ellis Park Indoor Arena. After that, where does the action move to? The first two weekends will be at the Ellis Park Indoor um, Arena, which is this weekend and the coming weekend. Mm-hmm. And um, after that, we're moving to um, the Pretoria University of Pretoria Rembrandt Hall. Mm. And I had the pres- the president uh, Cecilia during the week, even last week at the launch. I mean, she was very excited about what to expect from this season's brutal fruit action. Now, what are you expecting all run throughout the season? Well, my expectations um, would always be to find that talent, that raw talent that we miss in the country. Mm. So when we invite the 10 teams, you will find each province bring their best 12 players each weekend. And that is my dream, to get that that um, one player or two players that you normally miss. Mm. And I was there at the launch when this whole thing started a couple of years ago under the then sports minister Fikile Mbalula uh, did a very good job by getting this um, getting this underway. And do you think over the years there's been improvement in the standard of play and what has it done for the game uh, uh, for netball in South Africa? Oh man, you know, I can I can honestly say that the improvement is there. Mm. Um, Physical improvement, social improvement, everything. Um, the only thing that, that uh, would be an ideal situation for Netball South Africa is to make this competition over a longer period mm. and a bit more um, rewarding, getting mm. more partners that would invest in, in the teams, make it, make it more professional. Because with the brittle fruit, um, I would like to tell your listeners and the country that it gives... 150 players the opportunity to measure their strengths and it gives them that um, that goal to play for um, for their province and be identified hopefully to be in a national team uh, unlike um, us investing in the proteas only where there's 12 players so this 150 get that opportunity they fly they they stay in hotels they get the feeling of being a true athlete uh, taken care by Netball South Africa. Mm. And talking about the Proteas, Blanche, we've seen some of our players, I mean, going to play overseas. We've seen Bongi, we've seen Pumza, the likes of Marik. How, 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 how beneficial is this for the game? That is, that is absolutely so wonderful because they spend their days and weeks as professional athletes. Get up in the morning, work on the program, um, designed by a sports scientists, getting all the attention uh, medically and physically be um, absolutely able to go to a gym every day and um, play netball. Mm. High um, competition, high performance competition uh, over a, um, a four-month period, which um, absolutely makes them fit and um, keeps them fit. And when they come back, it's easy. Um, Norma, being an international coach, it's lovely for her also to get them back and get them in the mix with the younger players and uh, lead the younger players with with their skills. Mm. And I know the ultimate dream is for the league to go professional. It's still Mm -hmm. semi-professional. At this stage, how much time are you giving yourselves? Um, our, Our goal was after the fifth year, we said five years, um, non-professional, um, trying to sell it as a, a woman um, property, um, being very professional on court, and hopefully um, we will draw um, a good investor or two um, as from next year. Mm. Um, it, it is absolutely um, needed that we we turn professional and maybe franchises that would be the future of of the i would say the improvement of netball all around and also giving more opportunity to players all over, from all over um, the country and you can't do it alone, Blanche. You can't do it alone with brutal fruit. I'm sure you need as much support as you can get from corporate South Africa also. 
Oh, you're so right. And thank you for mentioning that and calling on corporate South Africa to listen to the women and support the women. You know, if this becomes a professional um, sport the, uh, or competition, we'd be able to um, open doors for unemployed women mm. and um, they would have a lovely life in sport and taking care of the children in their area again. Mm. And I don't want to dwell too much on the negativity because I think there's more good than bad with this brutal food league. But the issue of payment did dominate the headlines this week. Has that been sorted out? Yes, um, the president can't wait to announce tomorrow to the players that um, SAB did agree to um, come to the party and um, reward the players. Mm. What was the problem Definitely. before? What was the what the issue? The issue is basically um, uh, SAB uh, brittle fruit um, was the was the, it's the the sponsorship is now coming from corporate on their side, mm-hmm. and the budgets were differently. But um, so you know, with us, you know, women can act. You know, mm-hmm. we use it when mm, we I have to. So <laughs> so yes. Um, and after the launch, um, we received that wonderful news from SAB. And we're so thankful and appreciative um, of their kind gesture. Mm, and the girls, are they happy now with the decision? Were they happy to start the league without this being sorted out? Absolutely. You know, the question always were, ladies, if we can't pay you, what would the choice be? Because we pay for all the expenses, all the expenses, the traveling, the flights, the accommodation, meals, the clothing, their shoes, there's nothing that they pay for. And you know what they say, Natal South Africa, put us on court, let us sell it to the market. So if there's one or two that were disappointed, um, you know, if they're not getting paid, the reason would be they've already planned to maybe support their the um, family with that uh, fear end, or uh, spend it towards their studies. So those would be the disappointed ones, mm-hmm. but mostly the, the attitude was, let us play. Let us carry on with the league. Um, it's not all about the payment, but it's for Netball South Africa so important um, to, you know, show some reward. Mm. Mm. Well, Blanche, we really, I'm glad it's been sorted out and we really appreciate you finding time to come speak to us. I know that we're keeping you, there's a game on at the moment, but we really thank you and we wish you all the best for the season ahead. Oh, you are so welcome. Anytime. Thank you for your support. 7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Masia. So that problem has been sorted out. The girls will be paid and uh, it's good to see that because, I mean, they sacrifice a lot to to be able to play in this tournament week in and week out and I think it's only fair that they get what is due to them and I'm glad that uh, it's been sorted out. We'll wait for the big announcement tomorrow. We were told that uh, more details will be revealed tomorrow so that's why we couldn't get into more details about exactly what uh, the remuneration is like for the ladies. But now, as promised, we do have our guest on the line. People have been waiting for it on social media. I can see the tweets even on Facebook. I can see that it's going crazy but we have to start this interview View with Zola Bud the right way. Well, there are so many tales that have been told about Zola Bud's life, so many misconceptions, I think, and I was wondering how to start this interview, and I thought there was only one way for me. This song, for me growing up in the township, Sebai, was huge for us. It didn't matter to us whether Zola Bud was white from Bloemfontein, whether she went to go represent another country, but my goodness, we loved her so much, and uh, and we still do, and she'll continue to be a hero in our eyes and a star in our eyes, and I think I speak for a lot of people that grew up in the township at the time. I mean, we could identify with Zola Bad mainly because she ran barefoot because it seemed like she was just one of us. She was just poor like all of us who couldn't afford running shoes at, at the time even though we didn't know much about her background and that's why we could relate so much to Zola Bad and I'm honored to say that she joins us on the line now all the way from the US. Uh, Zola Bad, Petrse, good evening and thank you for joining us on SAFM. Hi, good evening and thanks for having me. When the song came out, Zola, what was your reaction to it all those years ago? I think a lot of melancholy, um, melancholy, um, some sadness, because um, thinking back to the 80s and 
um, what they used to call the golden years of, of distance running in the 80s with so many um, good distance runners out there um, and, and all the people that I, I can remember from, from that era. So, yeah, a bit of sadness remembering all of them. Mm. And and for those who don't know much about this song, it was done by the late great Brenda Farsi. The Texas, I think there was an E20 at the time. They were named the Zola Bard in the townships after this uh, running uh, legend uh, that we have with us on the line. And um, did you know about the song before it was made by Brenda and them? Did anybody tell you about it? Um, no, nobody told me about it. But um, the the company sent me a copy of it, and um, I still have it at home. So yeah, I'm I'm still proud owner of, of uh, probably one of the first copies ever made of that so yes i'm, I'm very thankful for that oh that's awesome had you been in a zola bud before this song i know later on you went on a zola bud no i haven't no unfortunately not no uh. <laughs> Now, Zola, I want to start off with your current situation. I mean, you've been living with the family in the U.S. for the last couple of years. Firstly, why did you move to the U.S.? Um, I think um, the, the, the most important reason was um, I, I was getting older and I wanted to do some um, road running on the U.S. Master Circuit. And the plan was to move over for two years and, and start doing that. And then the kids got settled into school and we just stayed. It's something that just happened. So... That, that was the main reason why we moved initially, yeah. Mm, and talking about the kids, I know you've got the older one and you've got the twins. Uh, do they also run? How seriously do they take it if they do? Yeah, I never encouraged them to run, but both my oldest daughter and my son, um, he's, he's actually on, on the track team at the university and he's running, and my older daughter ran at high school. So both of them, them ran and, and they, they really enjoyed it. And my oldest daughter still runs every day. So um, at least that's, that's something good that mm. came from it so um for to still be able to run <laughs> wow that's quite interesting are you also still running then on the master circuit and if so how's that going no um i actually i ran a few races and then um i started um working and traveling a lot so i couldn't really do that which which is really funny the way life works out and at the moment i'm coaching at a local university in conway south carolina mm, and, and how's that going and what exactly are you coaching I'm coaching the distance team, both the men and the women at, at TCU, which is the university um, close to the beach in Myrtle Beach, Conway, um, in South Carolina. Mm. And wasn't it a, a difficult decision for you, Zolabad, to go to the U.S. after the Americans had said uh, what they said about you all those years ago after those famous Olympics mm-hmm. in 84? Did you have to think hard about it? No, you know, America is such a big country and um, nobody knows you out here. So <laughs> that was really good about it because nobody even cared um yes and and i must say the american people do know about it were very welcoming very friendly and yeah we had i've had just um good reception from from most americans yes Mm, and and what's the plan for zolabad and the family do you plan to stay there for a while do you plan to eventually come back home someday we still have our home in south africa so that's always always a plan for me and my husband um as soon as my kids have done the, the twins are still studying so as soon as they're done studying it, it's an option to consider um so yes we still have our home in in, in south africa mm. and, and talking about south africa zola a couple of years ago you decided to come run the comrades you've done a few since then but it was big news when it was announced uh, i think the 2012 edition at your age at the time why did you want to do the comrades i think first of all you need to be <laughs> a little bit crazy to run something <laughs> like that and growing up in South Africa with a culture of not being considered a true athlete until you've actually run the comrades um, that's something that that sort of was in, my, in the back of my mind the whole time growing up and watching people train and race that and on comrades day watching the whole comrades it was it's such an institution in South Africa so I think it was the whole vibe around comrades that, that got me running um, comrades and um, it's a challenge. I mean, the race itself is a challenge. It's not about racing other people. It's about running the distance. And I think that's what got me into comrades as well. It's very, very different from track or cross-country running. Mm, and how were, how were your preps and which races did you use to qualify for that first one that you ran? Um, I can't really remember. I think I ran a local marathon here and then I, I did two oceans as well and I ran the yes. last stop as well. So um, I did a few ultras be- <coughs> excuse me, before comrades. Um, Mm. But with comrades, is something special. It's it's really it's a special experience. It's very emotional as well. 
And I guess that's why you came back two years later, 2014, you finished seven, but your win was overshadowed by the organizer stripping you of that veteran's title. On a technicality, it made a lot of headlines, yeah, even though you kept the prize money for finishing seventh. Did that leave a sour taste in your mouth? No, no. I, I run because I love running and not, not necessarily for the outcome. So whether I won, win a prize or not, or it, it doesn't matter because I, I was so proud of finishing the comrades and, and getting my rose and being in the top 10 that winning the, the Masters Prize wasn't, wasn't that important to me. Mm. Um, and, and I knew I made a mistake because I didn't run with the, um, the little um, age category yes. on, on my vest. Um, so, yeah, um, yeah, I, I accepted it. I'm, yeah, that's and, something and, that happened. And did you, tell, did you set yourself targets going into that race? I mean, you, you finished seventh. It was incredible at your age. Is that what you'd wanted to do or were you just running? I was running. I was hoping to run a silver, uh, silver mm. seven and a half hours. And um, I was going through a really bad spot in Comrades. And, and luckily, I, I think it was an angel, angel sent by God because there was a friend of mine along the road. And he gave me so much encouragement. And it just changed my mind. And I started running again. Um, and, yeah, the encouragement of, of the people along the course and, and the guys I was running with the last 15K, they they just carried me through. And as we were entering the last two or three Ks in Durban, um, the guy next to me said, there's some woman in front of you. You want to catch them? <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's the whole, my whole comrades experience was just one of unbelievable support. And although emotionally and physically you're so tired just by having that support from the crowd and and your co-runners around you and i think that's what makes the comrade so special it's it's so that emotional closeness here mm, and for your first one you you were trained by bruce fordyce did a lot of work with him how was that that was one of the most amazing runs i've ever had because um i think it was at 60ks um bruce came running me and he wasn't looking good and and i was feeling awful and so we decided to run together the last few k's um and and that helped me helped me so much just to finish that and just the encouragement from bruce and knowing that it's, it's okay going through this and and he was he was a tremendous help in in helping me plan my training as well regarding when to do what distances because i was a novice i had no idea when to do the long runs, how to do it. And because um, training for comrades is very different from training for a marathon. Mm, did you reach out to him? How did you end up working together? Uh, through a mutual friend. Um, mm. um, and, and I've known Bruce for, for a long time as well, since I was running at, at high school. Um, yeah, so he, he was, yeah, so through a mutual friend, we got together and, and he started helping me and coaching me. Mm, well, I was at Comrades last year, on the truck, obviously, and I saw Bruce Fordyce walking. I never thought I'd see the day Bruce Fordyce walks the Comrades, <laughs> but he was coaching, obviously. He wasn't he wasn't running, but it was just a moment uh, to save. Uh, there has been talk, though, all about here in South Africa, that you only do the down run. Is it by choice? Yeah, it, it, no, it wasn't by choice. Um, I wanted to do back-to-back, and I did the down run first, and then when I wanted to do the up run, I got flu the week before, and the doctor said there's no way I should run because of the flu. And so the next run was obviously a down again. Mm-hmm. And and I haven't decided, I haven't gotten back to running Comrades again, but I, but I think the up run is still out there waiting for me to do sometime. And um, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a challenge. It's something that I probably want to do in the future. I'm just not sure exactly when. Um, as I'm, I'm quite busy with work at the moment. Mm. Well, to those who've just joined us, uh, we are talking to none other than the legendary Zola Bad Petersa, uh, former uh, middle distance and long distance runner. She's our guest on Flashback Fridays as we use this slot just to educate the young ones about our stars of yesteryears or the defining moments as far as sport is concerned um, in, in, in previous years. And if you want to join in the conversation at any time, feel free to call us 0891-104-207. Our SMS line is 40938. Our WhatsApp number is 061-104. And you can always tag us on um, SAFM radio and hashtag SAFM spot on. Ladies and gentlemen, this EFC bout is scheduled for three rounds. Watch EFC every Sunday on SABC3. The hit reality TV series The Fighter brought together undefeated warriors from around the globe. Witness the finale from EFC 66 as South Africa's Brendan Lazar takes on Francis Ibrahima Mane. EFC this Sunday at 10 p.m. on SABC3. Brought to you by SABC Sport. 7 to 8 p.m.
Sport on with Tabiso Masia. Call Tabiso now. 0891-104-207. They had to play that because apparently I didn't finish calling out the number. I'm so excited talking uh, to Zola Bard and people are so excited. I said lines are open and they're already calling us and also on social media, on Twitter here. I want to find that tweet who Bonga says this is an interview not to be missed. What a legend it is. Ditsejo also saying you have a great legend of running there in on SAFM and uh, well done on that. And there are already calls coming in, Zola. I wanted to ask more questions. Nobody says run Zola run uh, corrupt in KZN <laughs> says legendary legendary Zola Bad I've got Benny in Richards Bay he's been holding Benny Zola Bad is on the line uh, what do you want to say okay uh, good evening Taviso and good evening uh, Zola okay just two questions um, yes it's fine uh, the first one in South Africa it's well known there's a great impact that you are well known so in your place in USA are they recognizing you? Are they taking this issue serious that you have a break a record in SAA? Are they doing that? And second one, now at your age, if there can be another chance that you had in the past like this one, are you still capable that you can go for it and try your best to win it again? Okay, thanks, Benny. Thanks, Benny. Zola, just hold on. I just want to take a second call and then you can answer to both of them. Achin, welcome. Achi, good evening. Hi. Yes, we can hear you. Go ahead. Zola, I'm from, I mean, you should be excited because I'm calling you from our province, the only province which is free in the country. Free state. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Zola, I mean, uh, you would understand what befell you from our side of the, I mean, uh, of the sporting representatives when you ran in the when you ran in the UK, if I'm not mistaken, and then some of our leadership in sport disturbed you. How how have you gone with that? Have you, I mean, shown it I mean, away? The last question would be: Have you, I mean, I mean, just I mean, inherited or have you just I mean, taken just a group? Of a, I mean, of, a, of a company in South Africa where you can just, I mean, especially from the disadvantage, show them I mean, some T-shirts, you know, things expensive, old T-shirts and take it so that now your name and your assistance should go on. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Archie. Let's take those two, Zola. The first one from Benny. He wanted to know if they respect you as much as people do here in South Africa at that side in the U.S. Hi, Zola. Are you still there? Hi, yes. Yes, yeah, I was I saying you. You, you can start answering the first question. I think Benny wanted to know if they respect you as much as we do here in South Africa. <laughs> America is such a huge country, so on the streets, like, nobody recognizes you, and you can go on with your normal life. I think in the running circles, people still respect. Uh, Americans have a lot of respect for for people um, that had, like, all the baseball players and football players, and, and they're very into statistics and recognizing um, personal records and TVs, yeah. So I do get recognition for that, but it's not something that is overtly. It's more it's more covertly, but um, I appreciate the way um, people approach you in America. They're not, from, for me, it's, it's, I can live a quiet life in, in America without people being overtly in, interested in what I'm doing, which, which is good. Mm, if you had another chance to do it again, would you do it all over again? Um, if I had another chance, I would have loved for South Africa to be in the Olympic Games of E4 and I could run for South Africa because I think without the politics of that time, I would have had such a different running career than what my running career turned out and what my life turned out to be. But that's something that happened in, in, in the 80s and I think it would have been so nice for South Africans to have been able to run as South Africans at, at, that, at that time. Mm. Archie also spoke about when you represented Great Britain, how the other people were not happy. I mean, what was your reaction to all uh, this drama at the time? Yeah, I, I got drama from both sides. I got drama in, in Britain be, from the anti-apartheid movement, and I got drama at home for not representing South Africa. So I was in a no-win situation. Um, mm. But for me, it was all about being able to run. Um, and and that that was the that was the most important thing for me is, is to be able to pursue my career 
which at that time I, I wasn't able to. And, um, and, and to be honest, we were really naive um, coming from South Africa at that time and going overseas and expecting not to have any, any backlash or any mm. problems. So, yes, I, I think looking back at it, I think it would have been so much better if, if I waited maybe to the early 90s and, and started my international running career then. But we didn't know it at that time. I think you were 18 at this time. Did you see that as your only chance of competing internationally? At that time, there were no, there were no future or no hope for any South Af- of, of any South Africans ever competing internationally because we weren't, we weren't sure what the future um, held and if we'd ever be able to run internationally. And so, yeah, we thought this is the one and only chance. And, and the Daily Mail came along and made it sound so feasible and so easy to do as well. So... Of course, we're going to say yes. If somebody asks you, are you going to run the uh, Olympic Games? Here's a chance. Um, of course, you're going to say yes. Any runner will. Mm. Were you shocked by the hostile reception you received when you arrived in, 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 in Great Britain? Yeah, it, I think a lot of people gave me a lot of flack because we, growing up in South Africa at that time, I was in Bloemfontein. You know how small Bloemfontein is at that time. We had no international news. Um, no, I mean, Nelson Mandela's name wasn't mentioned in any newspaper, so I didn't even know he existed. And so I went to England because he was in prison before I was born. So, yes, we were very naive and we didn't know what was going on in our own country. We weren't knowledgeable enough about that. And, yeah, we didn't expect all the backlash mm. to happen in, in Great Britain. And, and the sadness about this is I needed to go over to England to know what was going on in my own country because we were so secluded and didn't know what was going on in South Africa. And it's not an excuse, but it's almost... It's almost similar to what happened in East Germany in, in, in a way because they didn't know what was going on in their own country as well. And it, it's, uh, that's a, a sad part of, of the history of South Africa that a lot of people living in the country didn't know what was going on in their own country. Mm. And I think the last question before we go to the lines again was about the disadvantaged youth. Do they know about you? Do they know that you used to run barefoot? Um, I th- that's a question I, I really can't answer. Um, mm. I, I just think um, the way I ran when, when I started running in South Africa, I didn't even have shoes. Um, um, I, I got my first pair of running shoes after my first season to start running on the road. So you don't need a lot to, to be able to run well. In, in um, So running is still the only sport that you can you can do well without having any equipment. If you look at the Kenyans, the way they live and the way they train and how well they, they're doing, the Ethiopians and mm. other African countries up north that have much less opportunities than, than South Africa, and they have amazing athletes. So I think it's, it's more to do with the passion you have and having someone in your life that can channel that passion for you and help you to achieve it. It's not so much about what you have. It's what you want to do with what you have. And um, luckily in my life, I had parents who supported me and, and a coach who helped me through this and, and, and an amazing training group at high school and helped me with training every day. And I think that was the most important thing um, is just that support group around you. Um, and I think we can have a system in South Africa that, that provides that to a lot of athletes because you don't really need that a lot of financial assistance at the beginning. You just need someone to see that you have talent and recognize that and, and, and get you going. I'm going back to the lines. Crystal in Matati, thank you for holding. Zola is listening. Yeah, brother, how are you? Fine and you, Crystal. I'm, I'm fine because there's no money as a legend there. And, you know, some of us, we are runners. I run, by the way, but I'm a startup because I only have three years running. And I've only been running the 22 kilometers. So I just want to check with her. How important is it to, to start small, of course, like, to, because I have ambitions of running Cambridge, but now, for the past three years, I've been, in fact, I can say too, I've been doing this 22 kilometers. Mm-hmm. So, like, how important is it to take it gradual? Okay. And then, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, another question is training, because I, I, I have that thing of doing, I must train almost every day. I run for one hour, 20 minutes, one hour, 25 minutes. Every day, that's what I do. And then it's gravel road. So, uh, is it, like, I, we don't have coaches, some of us. So, like, is it uh, important to maybe sometimes take on the road?
Okay, okay, we got that, Crystal. Thank you. Uh, Monica in Orlando, also thank you for holding. Hello. I'd like to ask Zola Mekent, do you know what the name Zola means? Who gave you the name? Maybe I'm getting too personal, but I want to tell you something. The picture of you running in the UK is still like fresh in my mind. And if you are running, you are called a Zola Bad. Not even Bad Peter say you are Zola Bad. This one thinks she's Zola. This one <laughs> is barefooted. She's Zola. You know, you are part of the history of South Africa. And next time you come home, you must ask for a ride in a Zola Bad. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Monica. I'll get Zola to answer that. I just want to take the last one from Zugisi Ngobo. I'm making a note of all these questions. Zugisi, go ahead. Good evening. Hello, sir. Yes, Mzugisi, go no, ahead. No, it's not a question. I just want to say something. Yes. I think I was around about 11, 12 years when I first heard about Zola. And I'm from Sanskai, from Ngobo, deep rural areas. But mm. I knew about her. We didn't even know whether he was, she was white or black. We just loved Zola. Mm. I remember those days. That was very beautiful. Great stuff. Thank you, Mzugisi. And that's exactly what I also said earlier on when I grew up. I mean, um, we also didn't care whether she was white or not. She just seemed like to be one of us, Zola. But Zola, I'm going to give you a chance to answer these questions. I just want to take a quick break and then we'll come back. The 2018 Africa Shared Value Summit on 24 and 25 May will bring together business leaders and trailblazers from across Africa to discuss the implementation of shared value on our continent. Learn how businesses are using a shared value strategy to drive long-term profit and contribute to the achievement of the UN Sustainable Development Goals. Join us at the Africa Shared Value Summit on 24 and 25 May 2018. Book your ticket at africasharedvaluesummit.com today. Sport on, on SAFM. And we're now wrapping up our chat with Zola Bad and so many questions coming in. Zola, I think the first one, it's very common on social media also, the meaning of your name, Zola. Uh, please talk to us about that. To be honest, I have no idea. I just know my dad said I was the last one because he didn't want any more kids because I was the sixth one in the family and uh, it has to start with a Z. So that's, I don't know where he got the name Zola from. I'm I'm not I'm not exactly sure. I know there's a French writer in Zola, mm-hmm. and then it's a it's a Zulu name as well. But I, to be honest, I have no idea where my dad got the name. Oh wow, that's interesting, and it's a very popular name in the in the in the black culture. I know the Latinos say it means earth or ball of earth, and um, in in Zulu they say it means uh, a quiet, basically being a, a quiet, and uh, yeah, quite an interesting one. And also the advice yeah. to those uh, starting to run and that want to run comrades, what tips would you have for them? I think for comrades or for anyone who starts running, I would join a local club because there's so many clubs out there running clubs. And that will give you the support. Um, they will help you with, with financially. They will help you with training programs, nutrition, what to drink, what to eat, and how to train. And I think that's, that's really important to reach out to a running group in, in your area. And there, there are so many clubs out. I think South Africa is probably one of the countries with the, the most um, supportive club system in, in, in the world, running clubs, running club-wise. So mm. that would be my advice. I, I would reach out to people and ask um, and ask, can you help me? And and running runners are very generous people. Um, they they will always help other runners and and always go out of their way to to help other runners. And and that community of running and I've never found anything like that in any other country than South Africa. Mm. And Zola, as we wrap up, obviously, um, I can't believe we've left it so late to ask you about the 3,000 meter race at, at LA, but it just shows the amount of love that people have for you, regardless of what happened on and off the track. Um, but that race, firstly, I'm told that you've only seen it once ever since, uh, ever since that fall and that incident with Mary Decker. Is that correct? Yeah, I've seen it once and then they made the, the documentary, The Fall, yes. and we we spoke about that in detail in, in that. And I think me and Mary, it, it's, it's really interesting because me and Mary have so many things in common hmm. um, and our lives as well. It, it's actually amazing. And, and we, through the making of that movie, The Fall, we've become really good friends. And um, it's, it's just amazing how life turns out um, um, and how everything happens. And at the end, everything fits together again. But I was really appreciative of Mary after 84 because in 85, 
she helped me run all my personal best times and, and she had an amazing season 1985 running mm. amazing times I think American records in all events yeah Mm, you finished seventh in that race. It's been widely reported that you slowed down because you didn't want to face the booze on the podium. Do you still think you made the right decision? I think so. Um, I think so. I think when, when that incident occurred, it, it was almost like affirmation that that was probably the worst mistake ever to try and run the 84 Olympic Games at the age of, of 18. And that being my first international event. Um, but it was a situation that that came up and we were more or less into it and, and I couldn't get out of it in, in a way. But yeah, um, I don't have any regrets about my life. Um, I've, I've learned too much from my life to have any regrets mm. and to have any what is. Um, I'm, I'm thankful for everything that has happened in my life because I was able to learn so much from it. And, and, and today uh, it's made me the, the person I am and I'm, I'm thankful for that. And I'm still learning every day because I still make mistakes every day. Mm. And Castor Semenya broke your record recently. You've been quoted widely as saying that records are there to be broken. You seem to be happy with that. Yes, uh, that's, that's why they are records. They're there to advance our sport. If they weren't records, why would we um, try and run faster than other people? Because So, yeah, and, and for the record to be standing for such a long time, it needed to be broken. Honestly, it needed to be broken a few years ago um, already. And Yeah, and that's the way we advance our sport. Mm. Well, Zola, I really want to say thank you uh, for finding time to speak to us. I know it's very late where you are. It's close to midnight, but you agreed uh, to take um, the interview live and we appreciate it. I know, um, speaking to your manager, you are coming to South Africa. There's a speaking tour. Briefly, what is that about? Um, that is how to to win or face adversity and, 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 still, and still be successful and um yeah, it hasn't been finalized yet. It, mm. It's just something that, that he's planning. So I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that and visiting South Africa soon because um, people don't understand if, you, if you're born in Africa, you always stay African. I mean, you, I miss the, the South Africa so much. Um, um, it, it's, people don't realize how, how um, privileged they are to live in a beautiful country like South Africa. And it's only when you're away from it that you really appreciate what, what you have and, and South Africans should appreciate what they have in South Africa it's a beautiful country and, and the people are, are amazing mm. and you're amazing too Zola Bad and keep us updated <laughs> we'll support you there but we really appreciate you finding time to speak to us we thought we should bring you on on SAFM here and give you the respect that you so deserve ma'am and I'm sure you've seen the love that's been expressed by the people that have called into the show and those on social media whose messages I haven't been able to read because it's just been overwhelming but I uh, wish you all the best keep well and keep us updated on whatever you're doing going forward Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Zola Bad Peterse, as she is now known. What an, an incredible story she has uh, to tell Zola Bad. And if you haven't seen the movie, do try and see the movie The Fall. It documents that uh, famous incident at the 1984 LA Olympic Games where she basically had uh, that trip, that incident with uh, Mary Decker. And uh, yeah, there's so much more that we can tell our kids about the story. But that's it from us. Thank you, Luyolo. Thank you, Babalwa. My name is Tabiso Mosia. Up next, Lizette Khan is waiting.